Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. Let's go. Psalms. Summer in the Psalms. Okay? We've started this, and it's a little bit more topical. Last week, Royce uh, kicked us off wonderfully, and, and he actually talked about he, he, he painted this like, man, we need to go to our father. We have this really awesome dad, this really awesome father that we need to go to. And primarily last week, Royce was talking about, hey, when you're alone, when you feel alone, run to your father. And a good, a good, a good dad is always present. You guys remember Royce teaching that. A good dad is always present. And our heavenly father is the best dad, and he is always present. Which means we are never alone. Even when you feel alone, we're never, ever alone. And we do our best, Hill City. We do our best when we go to our Father. So, so why the Psalms? When we go to our Father, here's the beauty of the Psalms. It actually gives us, okay, let me do this. Let me do this. I need some transparency, some honesty, okay? I know a few of you are prayer warriors. But will, will anybody, this is me. My hand is already up. Is praying kind of tough for anybody else besides me? Praying is tough. I'm not good at it. Well, here's what's awesome. The Psalms actually give us a vocabulary of prayer. Like we can go to our Father and pray the Psalms. Um, Jesus did this. Psalm 31, which is kind of the one we're kind of uh, kicking us off what we're in today. Um, Verse 5, it wasn't read on the screen. I'll read it here in a minute. It says, into your hand I commit my spirit. That's what the psalmist wrote. Okay, sound familiar, right? These were the words of our Savior. Um, So let me just read the first eight verses, and we'll kind of jump in um, to go with our bumper video that we had today. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Are you hearing this? Like, oh, Lord, are you there? Do you even hear me? Please hear me. Rescue me. Be be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. And for your name's sake, you lead me and guide me. You take me out of the net they have hidden for me. For you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. I I hate those who pay regard to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love, because you have seen my affliction. You have known the distress of my soul, and you have not delivered me into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet on a broad place. So today we're going to talk, last week it was, hey, when you feel alone, God is there, run to him. This week, It's when you are afflicted, God is there, run to him. God isn't just with us, he's he's actually with us in our troubles, in our affliction. And when we feel afflicted, we can lament. And no, God hears us, he hears me, he hears me, and I know the hope of his care. God hears you, and you can know the hope of his 
care. I hope, you, I hope there's hope in, in today. You leave here hopeful. I hope you leave here encouraged today. That, that, that word affliction that we read all throughout the Psalms is trouble. It's, it's, it's translated sometimes as poverty or impoverished or, or even depressed, depression. And let's look at the psalmist. Let's look at some of David's trouble. Let's look at, look at some of his affliction. Okay, let's start with that he was unloved and disrespected by his father and his brothers. Just go to the early days. Okay? One of the most influential men in the, in the world comes and says, hey, I, I, one of your sons is going to be king. And David's dad puts all of his brothers up and leaves David out and then tells the most influential person, he said, well, he's a worthless one. My son's worthless. And then, of course, you guys know when, he, when, when uh, Goliath, David goes to the battlefield, he was just bringing sandwiches to the, to the, like that was his job, just get us some sandwiches, we're going to do the hard work. And David's like, well, I'll go kill this guy. And his brothers just treated him like he was a fool. So this, this is his life. And isn't it interesting that the person who was so disrespected and unloved by his father teaches us how to go to our father? I think that's pretty interesting. So, man, that's affliction. What about this? He spent a lot of his adult life running for his life. That's David. He spent a lot of his life alone. These are the afflictions of, these are the, afflictions of the psalmist. Hey, listen, he, he lost a child. Let's not forget that. He lost a child. And he teaches us how to go to our Father in affliction. He, he kind of gives us a little bit of a pattern, right? Specifically in times of trouble. He doesn't always go in this order, but we can see the psalmist. We can see David. And he, he usually starts with a complaint where, where, where he states his situation. He shares his feelings, fellas. We can do this. We can share our feelings, especially with our Father. Verse 9 through 13, we see this happening in Psalm 31. Be gracious to me, O Lord. This was, this was our video. For, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief. My soul and my body also. For my life is spent in sorrow. My strength fails. I mean, this is just David telling God how he feels. A complaint. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit because... Complaints can quickly become gossip. But, but, but let's move on. We'll come back to that in a minute. So then, then, then David usually follows that up with a petition. Lord, this really stinks. Please deliver me. He's petitioning for deliverance. Lord, incline your ear to me. Hear me, O oh Lord, and deliver me my, from my enemies, from, from, from a snare, just whatever it is. He uses all different kinds of language. He says, deliver me. And then he follows it with praise, slash statements of trust, and they usually go together. So we have these statements of trust and praise. God, you are my helper. God, I trust in you. God, you are abundantly good. God, you are my shelter. God, God you are near to the brokenhearted. God, you are forever on your throne. 
So, so you see the pattern, how he, how he starts, but he, then he always gets to the truth about God. You heard my voice and my pleas. He's, Into your hand I commit my spirit. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all of you who wait for the Lord. So I want to talk to you. That's the psalmist, right? That's sort of how he spoke to the Father during his affliction. So what about us? I want to talk this morning to all of us about the affliction that we find ourselves in, the trouble that we have. And I will start by saying this. Whoa. Sorry about that. You need to know some, some truths about affliction, some truths about your trouble this morning, okay? And, and right out of the gate, it's, it's, it's here. God allows affliction. God is sovereign over it. And you need to know, even in the middle of whatever it could be today, God loves you. And we're going to talk about a little bit more of this. But let's let the truth of Scripture share, share this with us. Psalm 34, 19, many are the, fli- the afflictions of the righteous, but the, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. John 16, 33, I said these things to you that in me you have, that you may have peace. In the world you may have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have affliction. In this world you will have tribulation. 1 Peter 4.12, beloved, do not be surprised when a fiery trial, when it comes upon you to test you. Don't act like as though something strange were happening to you, Peter says. Fiery trial, tribulation, trouble. And then Psalm 119, my favorite chapter in all of the Bible. The Lord's taught me more through this, cha- this chapter than any chapter in the Bible. David says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. See, God allows affliction. Verse 71, it is good for me, the psalmist says, that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. God allows affliction. He is sovereign. He loves you. Now, let me give you a couple of incorrect conclusions that are often drawn by us because we're human and we have a default mode, right? And we go places that we shouldn't go when we're in the middle of affliction. Here, here are two common incorrect conclusions, okay? Here, here's the first one. Because when we're, when we're in trouble, our default mode is to go, why? Is it just me? Right? Trouble comes, you're like, Lord, why? Why is this happening? And then we start to answer those things with incorrect answers. And here's one, ready? Well, I'm being punished for my past sins. Anybody ever thought that? Don't have to raise your hand. Right, you have some some trouble. Man, man, I'm being punished for my past sins. Now listen, to be clear, I'm not talking about consequences of sin or consequences of foolish decisions. Okay, those are real, but that's not what I'm talking about. Like if I go today uh, and, and just go get like four credit cards and go get uh, the boat that I've always wanted with the truck that I've always wanted and, and all the stuff, like that's really foolish. And I'm, I'm going to suffer for that. 
Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, man, Lord, I, I know that you caused me to pass from death to life. I know you forgive me of my sin. But, man, this thing I did when I was 21 when I was in college, you're punishing me for that right now. No, he's not. Jesus died on the cross for that. Jesus was punished for that. And that's an incorrect conclusion. Psalm 103 tells us as much. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He will not always try, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Is this only really, really good news for this guy? Okay? This is like the greatest news you're ever going to hear. This is the gospel. Whew. I mean, I'm studying this. I'm like, I'm, I find myself going, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion. There it is. Listen, he's an awesome, awesome dad. And I know this. Some of you probably have some dads who did keep score. And they did remind you of some things that you did in your past where you, uh, you fell short. Okay, that is not what God, God the Father does. This is, this, he tells us right here. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we were dust. This is great news. God looks at us. He's like, you don't stand a chance without me anyway. He knows us. He's not going to go grab something we did 20 years ago and be like, have that, you little chump. Listen to me. That's not, that's not God. That's not our dad. So if you're in some tribulation right now, if you're in some trouble and you've got a voice in your head so I'm saying I'm being punished for my past sins, that isn't the voice of God. That's not how God the Father deals with us. That's not what your tribulation, your trouble is about. The second incorrect conclusion. Mostly incorrect conclusion, I think, is this. Ready? Well, Satan's doing it. Well, this is Satan. So here's what we need to know, just some, just some truths. I'm not trying to insult anyone's intelligence. I'm not trying to make fun of anybody that's ever said this. I, I think I know what people mean when they say that, but quite literally, it isn't Satan. Satan is not omnipresent. He can be in one place at one time, and it's likely that he's never literally been near any of us. I think he has bigger fish to fry. Okay? So to say, well, Satan's doing it. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, I think that would be an incorrect conclusion. Now, I'm going to read a very familiar passage. I know, I know our Hill City kids have been into this recently. So, kids, you'll remember this. But this isn't a kid, this isn't kid scripture. Let's, let's remember, what I'm getting ready isn't kid, kid scripture. This is adult, everybody's scripture. So let's not think, oh, this is, a little, this is a great little Sunday school lesson where we can cut out helmets and shields and swords and all that stuff, right? Listen, this is for us. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Are there schemes? 
Is there a prince of the power of the air? Yes. So, so don't hear what I'm not saying. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as the shoes of your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit. So listen, am I saying there isn't some evil work out there that that can affect us? No, I'm not saying that. That's, That's very true. But let's not forget what he says at the very end of all this. He says, praying at all times in the spirit. We run to our father. We go to our father when there is trouble, when there is affliction. You need to know this morning, take heart. Satan nor any demonic forces can actually touch us without God allowing it. Did you hear that? So even if we could say, well, that's, that's some evil stuff there, and okay. You guys, read, you guys know the book of Job? Okay. So what are the reasons for affliction? And I'll stay big picture with this. So why is it that you're going through what you're going through? Number one, I'll restate that because God is allowing it. Don't miss that. God is allowing it. Why is he allowing it? For your, this is a churchy word here, for your sanctification, for your growth, so that you can somehow, someway, through this affliction, become more like Jesus. And here, listen, and one, the, the main reason, you want to know the main reason that you and I go through this? The trouble that you may find yourself in right now, you want to know the number one reason God is allowing it? For his glory. For his glory. That's what we're here for anyway. Now, listen, there are some categories of people in this room, okay? Categories of people in the room as it pertains to affliction and trouble. Okay? Here it is. Ready? Those right now who are currently in some trouble, you're under affliction. I hope you get some encouragement and hope today. And, and, There are those in this room who right now, I mean, you're in a pretty sweet season. Like, you're not really under any trouble or affliction, but you have been. And you you remember what that's like. And then, especially with us being a young church, there are a lot of people here who have never really experienced affliction or trouble. So so, so let let me just kind of talk to the, I'm 41 years old, so I'm just going to talk to the 41 and ups here, okay? Um, Because we don't have this like seasoned church with with a lot of older people, Um, but but those of us who have been through some trouble, and I just want to tell even the younger people, this this is for your hope and your encouragement. 
it's likely any of us 41 and ups that you'd come grab and you'd be like, ma'am, do you, do you remember a time when you were in some major trouble or major affliction? Like, here's likely what you're going to get. The theme of the story will be like, yeah, it was awful, but I saw the faithfulness of God through that time, and you will too. If you just stand firm, run to your father first and pray about this. So those are the categories of people. If you are in affliction right now, run to your father. If you haven't been, praise God for that. Look around for those who might be in some affliction and build them up and help them and pray with them. Those of you who have not ever experienced it, I'm not trying to be depressing. It's coming. It's coming. And I want you to remember this day where somebody said, run to your father first. Affliction. And there isn't just categories of, of people, there's, I would even categorize the affliction. Okay? And listen, this isn't to minimize anyone's affliction. Whatever, wherever you are, I know that it's real. And wherever you are with what I'm getting ready to say, you need the grace of God just as much. So talk about light affliction. Right? Some light troubles. And here's what I mean by that. Maybe, maybe right now it's like financial trouble, right? You're like struggling to pay bills. Like, man, your car broke down or just little things happening. Like, I don't even know how I'm going to take care of this. And for you, I want you to know, I know that's heavy. It feels really heavy. So things like that is what I'd categorize like maybe some lighter affliction. Then there's some heavier trouble. Like, no, 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 listen, this isn't like I'm just struggling. Like, I, I was fired. Like, I lost my job. Like, you don't understand, like, I, I'm going through this adoption process right now, and the worst possible outcome happened. Like, we were placed with a baby, ready to go pick this baby up, and then, and then someone changed their mind. And now I thought I was going to be a father, I thought I was going to be a mother, and now I'm not. Oh, that's heavy. That's trouble. That's affliction. See, and then there's a category where it's actually really dark. Like, listen, some of you are knocking on the door of a divorce, and it's dark, and it's very troublesome. Some of you maybe got a diagnosis from a doctor, and you're like, oh boy. See, this... This is some trouble. This is some affliction that most of us can't imagine. Most of us have not experienced. And if you remember, I want, you, I want to take you back to what Royce said last week. This was so profound. I sat in here, I'm like, the Lord taught me so much through what Royce said. He, he said this right here. We too often address horizontal trouble, horizontal affliction with horizontal solutions. See, let's go back to how David complained to God, right? And that's okay. Listen to me. Here, if you have a complaint and you take it to God, he's not mad at you. He can handle it. He's actually the person you should go to. Because when we go horizontally, our default mode is that we will go to people and complain knowing they're going to tell us what we want to hear back. This make sense? So, so let's look at David, right? Let's go what he says here. I am in distress. 
My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. And when we go horizontally, too often it's like, yeah, you don't deserve that. This is, this is terrible. My strength fails, my bones waste away. Oh, how dare, my enemies are at, what? how dare they do that? You should, you should hurt them. They're hurting you, you should hurt them. Right, this is, this is horizontal. When we go horizontally first. Now listen, when we do that, more often than not, hear me, Hill City Church, more often than not when we do that, we actually cause ourselves more trouble and more affliction. And I want, you to, I want you to hear this with grace, okay? When you're in trouble, don't, don't wallow in self-pity. And then go horizontally where people will enable that behavior. You can, you can evaluate this. You know if that's happening. Also, listen, don't, don't lash out in anger. When you're in trouble, when there's affliction, you don't lash out in, hanger, in anger and then go to people who will encourage that behavior. That's what happens when we go horizontally. So is there ever a time where we should go horizontally and not vertically? Okay, here's what I would tell you. If you go horizontally and that person doesn't point you vertically, then don't go there. So in other words, just go vertically first. Does this make sense? But if you're like, man, I'm going to go horizontally first, just evaluate it. Is this person starting with, hey, let's go to our Father with this, okay? When we are alone, which we talked about last week, horizontal alone. When we are horizontally in trouble, when we're horizontally afflicted, it is, it is essential that we first go vertical. Hill City Church, I've got to ask you, I want you to evaluate this. Where do you go first? Do you go to your father? And listen, even if, okay, hear me, even if the trouble, the affliction is your fault, which it could be, even if it's your fault, do you go to the Father? Because it might say a lot about how well you understand and believe the gospel. What do I mean by that? So you might be here today because you think religion is this good thing, it's good for your family, it's a good thing to do, okay, and you're religious. And here's what religion says I am in trouble. I am under affliction. I hope that my dad doesn't find out. Anybody have flashbacks of college or high school? Okay. I'm in trouble. I hope my dad doesn't find out. That's religion. The good news of Jesus is this. I am in trouble. I better call my dad. Man, what a, listen, yes. Is that awesome? Fathers, you have some, man, we have fathers, a lot of fathers just starting off, have young kids. Make, make that the culture of your home. That your kids go, man, I'm in trouble, where's dad, where's dad? So, 
can I just talk to you for a minute about prayer, about running to our Father first? I just want to be transparent with you about Hill City Church, okay? The elders, we're actually troubled about a year ago, I think-ish. The elders were pretty troubled about the reality. We took an honest look at Hill City Church. We're like, we are not a praying church. Like, I don't think as a church that we go to our Father first with most things. Like, we try to solve them with strategy, right? We're like, and we're like, man, that's a problem. So, so here's what the elders did. We started praying a lot, a lot more. We started meeting Tuesday mornings at 6 a.m. and your elders started praying. And it was like, man, if we're not doing it, then what, what am I going to stand up here? And t-? So the elders started doing it. Well, then, okay, then now it's gone to our staff. And the staff even noticed, man, like, man, we're not praying like we should be praying. And, like, man, our praying lives, even within the staff, has been bolstered. And my prayer is that that comes and that, listen, in this church on any given Sunday that we see little pockets of people, just, what are they doing? Well, they're, they're praying. Look at them over there praying. They, and, and listen, the elders are down here in front every single Sunday to pray with you. It doesn't happen that often, but it doesn't have to either. What, what if we became a praying people that ran to the Father first with everything? Somebody comes in, it's always, how's your week? How'd your week go? If somebody tells you something awesome, be like, sweet, let's thank God for that right now. Hey, how was your week? It's terrible. I'm going through this. Okay, we gotta go, we gotta go to our father right now. Boom. Right over right by the coffee. I don't care where. That's the culture. That's what we need in this church. And I hope that it can happen. We can talk to God about anything. Nothing makes him uncomfortable. Nothing is off limits. We go to our Father. Nothing is off limits. And I'll repeat this like I said in the beginning. He hears me. He hears you. And we get to know the the hope of his care. Jesus knows. Listen to me. I don't know where you're in. I categorized all that. I don't know where it is. But wherever it might be, Jesus knows and he understands that affliction. And he lived it. He experienced it. Jesus knows exactly what you are going through right now. So so here's what we're getting ready to do. We're going to prepare our hearts for communion. We're going to receive communion. But but while we do this, can we just talk? I just want to talk a minute about some of of Jesus' afflictions and how I know that he knows exactly what you're going through right now. Okay, let's just talk about a little bit of it. Um, He had no place to lay his head. That's our king. Luke chapter 9, verse 58. Um, Isaiah 53, you know our king wasn't very good looking. Do you guys know this? He wasn't a very good looking, kingly looking guy. He had no form of majesty where people look at him and be like, yeah, I want to follow that guy because he looks all right. The best way I can say this is, is our king was actually ugly physically. He was abandoned by his best friends. Read the Gospels, Mark chapter 14 specifically. Oh, not just abandoned by him, abandoned by his best friends and his most troubled time in his most deepest affliction he was abandoned by his friends 
Anybody been betrayed by a friend? Don't raise your hand. You've been betrayed by a friend? Jesus knows what you're going through. He knows exactly what you're going through. He came unto his own people, the people that should have received him, and they didn't receive him. John chapter 1. His family thought he was a psycho. Did you guys know this? His mother and his brothers thought he had lost his mind. Some of you are following Jesus, and your family isn't following Jesus. You know what they think? They think you're crazy. Jesus knows exactly how you feel. Keep following him. He was unjustly tried in court. He was wrongfully judged. Anybody ever judged you? Anybody ever said anything about you that is untrue? Anybody ever hurt you with a lie about you? Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. Falsely accused. Just read John chapter 18 and chapter 19. He was sentenced to death. And here's the thing. It wasn't like, hey, stand up, we'll pull a bullet in your head, this will be over quickly. He wasn't just sentenced to death. He was sentenced to the most brutal, horrifying death that anyone could ever scheme up. What's the most painful, horrible way we could have somebody die? Let's do it to this guy. On the cross. So if you're following Jesus here this morning, and listen, I must tell you this. If you are not following Jesus here this morning, what I'm getting ready to say isn't true for you. And I want you to follow Jesus because it's the greatest news you're ever going to hear in your life. The truth of, of the cross, the truth of what Jesus did for you is the greatest news you're ever going to hear in your life. But as followers of Jesus, in light of what I just told you about what happened to him on the cross, and, and we know, right, he, he was buried and he rose again. In light of that and in light of what is to come, we sing songs about it, all of our afflictions are light and momentary. Okay, so you're like, no, Brad, you said there were some dark ones. And what about this really heavy thing? Like, I've experienced something none of you, no one could ever imagine. I know. And let me encourage you. If you're following Jesus, it's actually light. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us, those who are following Jesus, an eternal weight of glory. Why are you going through this affliction? For God's glory. An eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. I know it's hard for you to grasp. If you're going through something right now that's so heavy, I know it's hard for you to grasp. But just listen, take heart, be encouraged today. One day you're going to look back and it'll be light. And maybe it won't happen in this lifetime. Maybe it will, right? There are some people in this room that have been, some, been through some really, really dark stuff. And they look back because it's something that happened 30, 40 years ago. And they go, God is so good. God is so faithful. But listen to me, it may not happen on this side of the sun for you. But one day, if you're following Jesus, it will be light. And it is momentary. And meanwhile, here's what we do. We wait. And in our trouble and in our affliction, we go vertical. We pray. We go to our Father. 